This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is... It's a little bit excited tonight, actually, if the truth to be told. Uh, we've got a, a Caribou Cup semi-final second leg to look forward to tomorrow, and it's a semi-final, which means we still have a chance of getting to Wembley and winning a trophy this season. So why shouldn't we be excited? Quite right. Anyway, our, um, the show tonight is uh, its kind of a weird... It's Monday, but it's a preview show, so there's no... You know, pithy title, so you'll just have to lump it. Uh, but you won't have to lump this chap because he's an absolute legend. It's Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oh, Chich, thank you for those kind words. Lovely to be on the show, as always. Thank you. Good Looking to see forward you. You've got some, you've got some shit-hot guests on tonight, Chich. And right. who are they, JK? Oh, I think I'll just keep the tension going for a few moments. Go on, go on. Bloody hell, everybody listening. They are they are top banana chaps. One of them, of course, is uh, it's it's not gold. It's not bronze. Uh, can you guess, everybody? It's Tiago. Uh, it's yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's Dan Silva. Good, good evening, all. Good to see uh, you, for mate. For the record, Tiago Silva's wife's my second favourite silver. Oh, yeah, she's lovely. A lovely Bella, yeah. Mark and I, Mark and I were well in there at Spurs away, weren't we, Mark? Oh, I've done. Oh, no, oh, no, we have. Oh, Schoolboy error. Schoolboy error. Oh, Unbelievable. Oh. Yellow card. Up? Yellow card. Go back. <laughs> go back and have a take two, please. No, 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 no. Oh, we can't, okay. can't go back to the beginning. Yeah, and he sneaked in. I didn't know he was going to be on the show. Here he is, but he's got he's got words of wisdom, pearls of knowledge, as always, as befits the man with the biggest brain in uh, in Chelsea history. It is, of course. It is, of course, uh, Mr. Mark Mead. Good evening, everybody. Thank you very much for those kind words, Joe. Well, good to see you. Um, and what, what JK didn't mention uh, is that Mark is also the chairman of the Chelsea Supporters Trust. 
Well, um, I thought everybody knew. Well, Jim. I know, but I'm, I'm, you know, there may be people who have been lost in the Amazon rainforest who may not know that. So anyway, um, there's a specific reason why Mark is on, which you, which I, well, I'll tell you about now, actually, because in part one, we're going to talk about the CPO AGM that was held on Friday. And uh, Mark, in his capacity as a shareholder, obviously, but also the, the trust chair was there. And he's going to tell us everything about it and what happened and what it all means. Part two, we've got the lovely Dil- Dylan Polk from Carefree, Louisiana coming on. Uh, we've had him on before, um, and he does a big event uh, in about two weeks' time, I think. So he's going to tell us all about that. And in part three, we will be previewing the Chelsea versus Middlesbrough match. So uh, stay tuned for all of that. Now, um, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live. Live! There we go. Every Monday and Friday at uh, 7.30pm uh, by going to Mixler, which is chelsea-fancast.mixler.com. And, of course, you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page, as so many of you do. Uh, and we love to see you in there. And, of course, you can follow us on all the socials at Chelsea Fancast. Uh, listen and subscribe on Acast, Spotify, Apple, and all good podcast platforms. And make sure you leave us a lovely, sexy um yeah just i think sexy will do sexy five-star review uh now the other thing of course which we always give a shout out to at the beginning of the show uh we do have a patreon website which means that uh you can patronize us as much as you want to and we don't mind uh no basically it means it's i don't know really what it is a website really it's as simple as that but you bung us a few quid every month which keeps a smile on my face keeps us doing what we do and uh in return uh we love you obviously and we will give you a kerry dixon banner and also access to our Discord group, which is a bit like Mixler, but 24-7 and a wonderful place. It is too. They talk about all sorts of things. It's lovely. It's really funny, JK. When the Yanks take over when we're all asleep, the chats take, take, take this completely different. I was reading up, reading it all uh, this morning. It was had me in stitches. I have, no, I have absolutely no idea what they were talking. I mean, talk about, you know, two nations divided by a common language. It was, <laughs> I had absolutely not a scooby what they were talking about, but they were clearly having fun. So there we go. So, uh, um, as I said, look, there's no pressure on you for, for, for the Patreon. I love you equally, whether you donate or not. Um, but it's a vehicle for you to show your appreciation of what we do. Uh, right. So let's get into it. Part one, uh, uh, CPO AGM. Mark. I mean, I, I, I mean, actually, you know, the funny thing is it uh, I couldn't go because, you know, I work, I have clients on Fridays and annoyingly at that time. So I just couldn't make it up there. But it, it did remind me to actually look for my shares because I have two, one of which is a, a beautifully framed uh, share uh, signed by Frank Lampard, which I'm rather fond of. And the other one was an electronic share uh, and I couldn't bloody find it. So I had to trawl through all of my emails to find when they sent to me. Anyway, I looked at the two shares to find that the Frank Lampard signed one is a B share, which I don't think I applied for a B share. I just presumed it would be an A share. Uh, And the electronic one, which I bought um, 2021, no, maybe last year, I don't know, that, that is in fact an A share. And of course, on my paperwork for the AGM, only the B share was listed. So it actually gave me an excuse to get in touch with them and say, hey, Hey, where's my, you know, where's, where's the... Where's my yeah. share? I've got a share here, but you don't... And anyway, um, apparently it was in the wrong name or something, but uh, they've all got it. So, And of course, they also gave me an opportunity to uh, remind them of my correct email address. More of which later, I suspect, Mark. But what happened in the in the meeting? Was it a good one? What happened? What's the ramifications? Uh, I think I think what I'll start, <laughs> and um, if people yet haven't had the opportunity, um, do go online because... Um, the chair of the Chelsea pitch owners, Chris, is it, 
has actually posted his annual statement. So I could have saved myself a lot of time and trouble today because I actually took a load of notes on Friday about Chris's statement, typed them all up today, and I could have just printed Chris's statement off and read from it. So I'll, I'll, I'll pick out the things that I made a note of on, on Friday. I think the first and most important point, uh, and I think when we have a conversation, I'll, I'll come, come back to this. One of the things that Chris opened up with, obviously great to have new shareholders as part of uh, Chelsea Pitch owners. But he actually said, at the last count, there's 15,000 CPO shareholders in over 70 countries around the world. 70 countries. So it is, despite what some of those idiots on Twitter are putting on last night, it isn't full of drunken yadars. It actually is quite a diverse and well-spread community who actually have bought a share in CPO because they do see the value and importance of it. Um, are people on Twitter, sorry, Mark, sorry, to, just to, 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 um, to interrupt, are people on Twitter saying that uh, it, it's a, a been a setup by people who are trying to do the club down in some way? Is that what Twitter's been suggesting? No, 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 no not too much. I think, um, and I'll come to it, there was a, a piece in the Telegraph by Sam Wallace yesterday yes, that yes, generated, although it didn't say a lot, look, we don't already know, it generated a lot of activity on Twitter last night. And then the same old people who don't really understand CPO come out of the woodwork and basically say, uh, we would have got a new stadium by now. You know, if wasn't it wasn't all these drunk in your dolls. I yeah, get it. Yeah. I get yeah. it. So it's, yeah. it's, not, it's not knowing sort of logic behind it. I think the other thing sort of Chris said um, in his annual statement, uh, he paid tribute um, to Steve Frankham, who has had a long history with Chelsea pitch owners. And he basically said the existence and indeed the survival of CPO is very much down to Steve from his first appointment in 1993 to 2001. And then when he came back in 2011 till July of, of this year, if people aren't aware um, what CPO have asked of Steve and he has accepted their kind invitation, um, they've made him become a vice president of Chelsea Pitch Owners. So he is in a very, very unique group because he joins former players. So that's quite an honour they've bestowed on Steve for the fantastic work. Who, who are the former players that are VPs? Uh, former players of VP John Terry, Pat Nevin, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, Steve Clark, Dennis Wise. So he is in very good company, but I think that's only sort of just and fair because Steve, and I'll mention it later, has, has been a key part of CPO for sort of like 30 years. You know, on and off, he had a sort of like small gap in between. But he has done an absolutely great job in terms of Chelsea pitch owners. I think other things to flag, uh, CPO made a operating profit of 14,700 for the accounting period up to July 2023. And that compares well to the previous year when CPO reported a loss of 17,500. And this is why the importance of Steve, the fundamental reason why CPO made a profit in 22-23 was they went back to holding their annual Chelsea pitch owners lunch, which made about 40,000 profit. So without the lunch that Steve organised, I think in June or May of this year, CPO would have had another loss. So Steve's role is really important. He brings people to, to, to CPO. He holds the annual lunch. He encourages people to buy shares. And through his efforts, pitch owners ended up making a profit. Generally, in terms of sales, um, and it is reflected in Chris's statement, so I'm not saying anything out of turn. And he did say this on Friday. If you read the annual report, the number of shares, and we talked about your B share a minute ago, Chid, the number of A shares sold last year was 718. 
And the previous year, there was 1,621 A shares and 531 B shares. So they stopped doing B shares last year. They now only do A shares, and I'll come to that shortly. So last year was a bumpy year in terms of shares. It was busiest for a number of years, very much driven by the takeover. So there were 718 sales this year. But what Chris has said is they should have been greater. And one of the reasons why they weren't greater, and it's also reflected in the minutes of, I think, their August to September, which is on the club website, is they haven't had 100% cooperation from the club in terms of getting signed certificates from the players. And signed certificates at any time almost accounts for 50% of CPO sales. They're a really popular thing that purchases like. They like a certificate signed by a Chelsea, Chelsea player. But to achieve that, they very much rely on the goodwill and cooperation of the club to get those certificates signed. But they haven't yet, this season, and at, 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 shall we say the latter part of last season, because it wasn't a great season, boys and girls, haven't got into a solution that worked really well. And on the back of that, they've lost some sales because people, I think, grew, grew tired of waiting. The other thing as well, would you like to guess last season who was the most popular player in terms of signed CPO certificates? Mason Mount. Spot on. Thank you very much. They sold a phenomenal amount of shares with Mason Mount. He was the poster boy for Chelsea pitch owners. So not only have we lost a good player, we've actually lost someone who many people wanted to see on their signed CPO certificate. So I would hope that Cole Palmer will probably be the one going forward for this season. So I think there's a bit of frustration there reflected in the statement on Friday. Prospective purchasers were patient and obviously some, some ran out of patience, shall we say. But CPO worked with the club for a solution. There was a question from the floor about that and a bit about prima donna players, but I think Chris was very good in terms of answering that. Said it's a bit of a shit job at the end of the day, signing a load of bloody certificates. And also this is very much a new Chelsea. And whilst there have been historic players and long-standing players like Asper Lequeta, for example, who got it and understood all the things about CPO, some of this newer regime, there's probably a major education curve that has to go with them rather than just sticking them in a room on a Friday at Cobham going, here, sign alone, well, mate. You know, if, if only so, there was anybody at the club who had been there before Bowley took over, then they could tell them, Mark. Mm. Indeed, indeed. Um, other things that sort of, uh, flat, what Chris has sort of flagged up, <laughs> flagged up in the meeting, um, he talked about the new ownership, and they've actually said, which I actually wrote, wrote down, their relationship with the new administration is much better than with, with the old administration. They said they've got a very good working relationship with the new owners. They they meet them on, on, on a regular basis. So they have, you know, I think he wrote down, generally speaking, we're on good terms. We have good access to senior executives and directors, and we enjoy a better relationship un than under the previous owners. However, progress on our major discussion points is frustratingly slow. And the CPO board has recently highlighted this frustration to the club. And obviously the frustration from CPO is on the subject of redevelopments. Clearly, there's been a lot of media coverage. And again, there was the Sam Wallace article over the weekend, which, although very well written, as we've said earlier, didn't reveal much that was new, that wasn't already in the public domain, and people didn't already know about, other than mentioning, I think, the frustration of CPO at Friday board meeting. Basically, what they've, they said, they said there's been, there's been discussions 
on whether Earl's Court has been considered as a possible future home. And this is what Chris said at the meeting. Chelsea pitch owners understand that the club has considered the site as one of several options in its due diligence. However, Earl's Court Development Company has never included a stadium as an option for the site, and also Hammerson Fulham Council are against such a move. Having embarked on this project some 18 months ago, it appears that the club now has gone more or less back to the start of the process following the recent appointment of new senior executives. And consequently, it appears that the timeline for the project will stretch well into the future. So what Chris is referring to there, the club have now got a new chief operating officer by the name of Jason Gannon, who was responsible for the incredible Sophie Stadium in Los Angeles. So Jason's come in and he's very much now got the new stadium brief and it would appear that they're sort of like almost like starting over. So I think what basically CPO is saying is got a really good working relationship with them, good dialogue, but we're frustrated that things are moving frustratingly slowly. Um, in terms of questions from the floor, um, there were some sort of like in sort of getting to very granular detail because if you read the CPO report as a shareholder, you'll see that they valued the freehold now at 12 million and someone wants to know who the surveyor was that made that valuation and could a copy of the report be made available. So it's a really, really uh, granular detail. Um, other questions uh, that was asked, uh, what happens if a shareholder dies? I didn't know this. Apparently, you can transfer it to a, to a loved one. And CPO said, actually, people make donations to Chelsea pitch owners as part of their estate when they pass away because this is so important to them as a Chelsea fan in securing sort of like Stamford Bridge as the permanent home for sort of Chelsea fans in the future. There was a question that came out about the cost of shares. If they were made cheaper, would they sell more? Uh, and they said when they did the B-share scheme, which you got, Chidge, when they researched it, they found they actually sold as many A shares as B shares. And actually, they probably would have sold more financially if the B share didn't exist. They would have sold those shares anyway. So that was another reason why they didn't carry on with the B shares, because they actually said they lost money on it. Um, and then I don't know if you know Richard Waterfield, Chidge. Don't know if you uh, know. No, I don't think I do, um, actually. No, I haven't seen Richard in a number of years. He asked a very good question from the floor to everybody there. And he said, like, this is a hypothetical question. But so for the people in the room, there are, in effect, only two options. We either stay at Stamford Bridge or we move. And if it's not Earl's Court, where it, where it might be. And he asked the question, how many people in the room, irrespective, would stay at Stamford Bridge? And how many people, if the right site became available that Chelsea could go to with the right due diligence and it worked for everybody, how many people would vote to move? I know the answer what to this, so I, I shall recuse myself. I know, I know. We'll ask Dan and Josh Dan. Jonathan. Yeah. What percentage voted to stay at Stamford Bridge of the 90. people in the room? 90. Uh, I would say 75%. Oh, you cheated. You knew that as well. I swear to God, I didn't. I just guessed <laughs> no, it. I just no, guessed Dan, it. We, we have not spoken beforehand. Dan, all right. He's, been reading, he's been reading the Slack yeah. report, mate. I said, yeah. I said 90, so I'm only 15 away. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, very good. But, so, and, and ironically, for CPO, in terms of any decision-making, you have to get 75%, uh, as people found out, in sort of like 2010-11. So 75% of people in the room said, irrespective, we, we remain at Stanford Bridge. 
the questions I asked of CPO, um, if you look on their Twitter page, in the last 12 months, oh, they've only done 25 tweets. Now, it's not the be-all and end-all Twitter. There's other ways to obviously communicate. But what I've said to them is my expectation would be for them to have a comm strategy going forward about pushing shares on Twitter, all other elements of social, 24-7. If we're being frank and honest, Chidge on the fan cast publicises CPO more than CPO's Twitter page does. Every bloody so show, think, mate. Every, I don't, I don't exactly, think they every, even know that every, I do. Yeah, every, every show should think twice a week you're plugging CPO where their Twitter page isn't. So I think that needs to change. So I did say they need to have a communication strategy about getting the message out through Twitter, other uh, methods of social media, but more importantly, uh, um, younger supporters. Because Chris in his statement also quoted, which we've said many times on this show, the average age um, of Chelsea sports is 58. That's probably the average age of CPO shares as well, looking around the room on, on Friday. Now, how is CPO going to attract younger fans to buy a CPO share? Because if you think about it, it's very much their future where Chelsea will be playing football in 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years' time. So I think... Uh, my ask of CFA is, what do you need to do about that? One of the things they did say is, obviously, they want to make great use of um, social media to promote um, sales shares. But actually, I think they're going to bring a, a, a younger person you know, in a, with experience in that field to explore all of those avenues to really push shares through the social media angle. But also then just do wider communication, probably more so than they've actually done before. Because to be honest, shares is the only game in town at the present moment in time. So they really have to sort of like do a, a major share swipe. Also suggests to them whether we like it or not, the demographic demographic of our fan base is changing at home games. So you do have a lot of people who are just coming for their one game day trip of the season. A lot of overseas fans who obviously then go to the mega store. I was at the women's game yesterday. The queue for the mega store, phenomenal. So is there something you could do in the mega store? Could you not? I said to them, could you not have a slot in the mega store? Um, um, just in the corner of there, now it's back in house to sell CPO shares. Something to sort of t- to think about. Or we've got our heritage events between now and the end of the season. You know, could they have a slot in the T bar, for example? Yeah. Well, in- indeed. I mean, it's is that it, Mark? You've got more to come. No, they, they were the main things come come from the floor. I think at this present moment in time, prior to the Sam Warren Swell, there wasn't a lot to report because there, there's not a lot. There's nothing coming out from the club of what's the next step in terms of development other than what has always been the two options on the table. Option number one is remain at Stamford Bridge and then how they make that work. Uh, option number two, we move out to another site and the only site that seems to be on the table was Earl's Court. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I get all of that. I mean, it, <clears throat> I didn't expect it to be a hugely controversial one so far, but... Uh, I, I like you have been fairly steamed by the fact that there's there seems to be you know very little tangible evidence that they do much to promote the buying of shares and as I said I think I think I think at the end of the day the Chelsea fancast probably has done more to promote CPO shares over the last ten or so years than they have themselves which is alarming in some respects but um, 
I'm glad that that was brought to the floor, but they've really got to sort their social media out as a minimum. But they need to be doing way more than that. Somebody there needs to be coming up with a fucking marketing strategy, a strategy, yep. a marketing strategy, mm-hmm. a social media yep. strategy, and they need to get their fingers out of their ass and do it. And if they're not capable of doing it, bring people in who can help them. And there and are plenty who can. Is, I think that's where it is about bringing a, a, a person in in that field to actually help them because... It may very well they don't have the existing skills or expertise amongst the you know, the current maker of the CPO, which is fine. Yeah. You know, so you, you bring in outside knowledge to help you. But that was a question I asked. It did say, what is your strategy going forward around comms and sort of selling them shares? Because it is the only thing at the present moment in time for CPOs, you shift those shares as much as possible. And then it comes back into the thing that frustrates you and I is actually on social media, you can then begin to say, look, if you want to have a say, in the stadium redevelopment, buy a bloody share. Yeah. And this is how you can do so. Absolutely right. Uh, Dan, JK, anything to add? Um, why don't we um, put the occasional uh, um, CPO um, publicity on uh, on Twitter, on the Fancast page as well? What What you mean the bit we do, the bit I read out? On the Fancast page on Twitter. Uh, yes. Next. Yes. a little ad up on that which which cross reference that might then the cpo guys might then go oh bloody hell there's another reference to us from the fan cast and might get their asses in gear to actually doing some more yeah. tweets i mean it's not um, that i'm angling for a free share or anything i do it for love because i think it's really really important but i think that's a great idea mate no it's, and again um what i did after the meeting um because i think someone made reference to hicks um um if you go into the museum um at the start of the tour, they've got a CPO banner, so they advertise. Because I was sort of saying, "Look, let, let's not be let's, let's be ruthless about this. If, if, if you're selling shares, if you've got people say like going on a legend tour, for example, and paying a couple of hundred quid, um, and people willing to pay three or four hundred quid to sit in a seat with no hospitality, they might say, actually, you know what? I'm only going to Chelsea for one game. I'll spend a hundred pounds and I'll buy a share as well. See, so you come away with a complete package. So." You use it every opportunity. So if they're going on the tour, for example, they're going to the museum, is it advertised there? Well, actually, I went, and it is. So fair play to the people at the museum and the tour. As you walk in, you know, you can actually see that, um, you know, that the, the opportunity is there. And I spoke to Adam Burridge, and Adam does say they try and sort of like push the share when they can. But it's still a challenge because there's a lot of people that come on tour. English isn't necessarily their first language, and some won't be interested. But there would be some, and it might help set... I think you just have to use every well, single tool maybe, at your disposal. Maybe, maybe if they actually talk about the concept of the CPO during the tour, it might actually help. It's all about messaging, Dan. Yeah, so maybe they should have access to the executive boxes on match days as well. Because you think there's people in the boxes yeah. spending a huge amount of money to see the game. Yeah. So, you know, have somebody walk around each box and say, are you interested or leave something in the boxes for people to do it and then go back online after the match. They can leave some literature, all the boxes in the West Stand. Up, upper stand, east, everywhere. So enough people go on a from a commercial standpoint. Other club actually interested in 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 pushing this because, or do they consider the the CPO as an irritant? You know, because I I, no, I, I, I I don't get the sense, JK, that they, they see him as an irritant. Um, the CPO board were very complimentary about the club on the new regime at the club and say they've got a much better working mm-hmm. relationship with them. Yeah, they were complimenting Danny. It. You know, they've, they've accepted the fact that that this this is in place, and they 
they, they, they can't do anything about it to an extent. They can't make an offer to them to move away. It's there. That's part of the fabric of, of being the owner of the club is you have to accept the fact that the, the club is owned by, the ground is owned by the, um, uh, by the supporters. Is that the case then? They've accepted that. I'm, I'm sure they have. When we met with all the prospective owners during the bidding process, we mentioned CPO to every single one of them. So I don't think there's anyone now on the new ownership side is not there at Chelsea Pitch no. So yes, I think I think they're accepted. And it was interesting, one of the questions from the floor, because obviously they mentioned about breaking even it was a difficult year without the lunch. Someone suggested, because it's a peppercorn rent, CPO charged the club for playing football in Stamford Bridge. And I said, why don't you whack the rent up? <laughs> they go, actually, no, that's not the sort of thing you want to do. There's a good, harmonious working relationship between the two guys. Well, it, it, would, it, wouldn't, say, it wouldn't be a peppercorn rent anymore, would it? And that's the point. And then it wouldn't be a peppercorn no, exactly. rent either. Right. Exactly. I mean, look, yeah. the bottom line is, is that I think a lot of this is about messaging. And, you know, if, if you, you, you can you can position this, I mean, with, if you're talking about, you know, the tourists who turn up or whatever, you know, the newer fans as this is their chance to actually own a bit of Chelsea, you know, to genuinely own a bit of Chelsea. Now, if these people are queuing up and trying to buy as much fucking merch as their little arms can carry, it's because they want a piece of Chelsea. So you can actually genuinely offer them a piece of Chelsea. It's, it's well, a no-brainer. If the, the club are, are, are so into it, why don't they charge 110 quid for a share and it's cream off for tenner? And then they could be absolutely behind it and they'd make money. Yeah, well... I mean, you know, there's also the eight million. It's a bit too the, far. Well, there's the eight million quid. The debt. Yeah, because the, the the CPO owes the football club uh, eight and a bit million. So, because the fear amongst a lot of CPO shareholders is that the technically, I mean, I don't know if they can call it in at any time because it's a very, 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 very long uh, kind of lease, effectively, isn't it? So, uh, but it, there's always hundreds and hundreds of yeah, years. But yeah, but there is a worry in the back of people's mind that the club. They were saying this during Roman's tenure, to be fair, but there was a worry that they could, you know, somehow finagle a way of removing that. Anyway, we should move on. Uh, and as we're talking about CPO, guess what? We're going to do our bi-weekly plug of the Chelsea pitch owners. And as we've been saying, if you want to own a piece of Chelsea, then uh, you need to get yourself a CPO share. And uh, as Mark has been saying so eloquently, uh, if you own one, it means that you have a share of the freehold of the stadium uh, and, of course, the name Chelsea FC, and it protects it from, you know, being sold rapaciously by a property developer in the future. And, of course, you know, the other thing is it, it gives you a voice because we know that things are going to change. You know, something's going to happen. Either it's going to be rebuilt or move somewhere. So, you know, if you care about the club and playing at Stamford Bridge, you get to have a say in that, Mark. Yeah, and just a few things, um, and I'll, I'll come um, um, to an absolutely brilliant response back. I actually just wrote down some of the comments looking on sort of our, our line last night. Yeah. And this is something the people who don't understand and don't get it. CPO, you know, it's almost like the, the villain Scooby-Doo. CPO are an outdated old boys club holding the club back. CPO are just too myopic, in my opinion. CPO are the dumbest people ever. What exactly have the CPO done for Chelsea? You know, those pitch owners hate progress. CPO continues to hold back the club. I'm beginning to think the CPO are Spurs fans. And then you go to the wonderful Kenny Rice. And this is what Kenny says. These people just talk nonsense. Completely ill-informed, agenda-driven bollocks. Yep. 
Kenny Rice, the voice of reason, was ever thus. Bless him. Um, right, look, go and buy one. You know, it'll, it'll, you, you'll thank me for it later. You really, really will. Um, 110. Is it 110 quid for an electronic share still, Mark? Yep. And about 175 for a signed one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but uh, you, you, you know, hopefully the bloody players will pull their finger out of their arse and sign. I'm not very happy about that, but we must move on. No, but, but, I, but I think if people do, I think that pushes it further because the, the CPO are, are pushing the club and saying, look, the demand is there. People want shares. If it becomes an issue where there's hundreds and hundreds of people waiting for a signed share, guess what? That's bad publicity for the club. It is, they don't well, like this bad is true. publicity. This is true. Right. Uh, go to Chelsea's website, chelseafc.com. Search for Chelsea Pitch Owners and you can sort it out. And while we're on the subject, tomorrow, obviously, we're uh, all, uh, all... Mark what? So, sorry, this is, <laughs> uh, you know, this is bad news. No, I know about it. I've seen it. We'll talk about it in That's part okay. Three. No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Right. Got it. Um, Good. Yeah. Okay. Where was I? CFC UK. I'm at the yeah. match tomorrow, so I won't. Well, I, I won't need to pick up one because I've already got my copy. But if you don't, go to the CFC UK stall. It'll be open for business as usual tomorrow night, opposite Fulham Broadway, and you can go and get a copy of CFC UK. Maybe even a book that Marco or even Mark Meehan might have written because Mark has written a book. Apparently, haven't you? Have I written a book? Apparently, I've written several. So I'm told. <laughs> Where did you start the books? Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> All about really? them. Yeah, I know. I need. I'd, we'd never have known. Have you read we? one? Have you read one of my books, J.K.? You are. Oh, it's Mark Yellow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, look, books, fanzines, you name it. See Marco. See DJ. See if you're the other reprobates that hang around there, opposite Fulham Broadway. If you can't get there, you should know this by now. You can subscribe for a whole year of CFC UKs, and you. Do that by going to fanzine at cfcuk.net and it'll cost you 20 quid in the UK, 45 quid in Europe, 60 quid in the rest of the world. Or you can get a digital copy, which will be emailed to you for six quid a year or a pound each. And you can pay all that by PayPal. We will be back to welcome Dylan Polk back to the show in a second. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great! Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. 
The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm, of course, Stepford Chidge. And uh, as always, the uh, usual suspects are with me, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Hello. Mr. Dan Silver. Good evening. And uh, the absolutely lovely Mr. Mark Meehan. Good evening, everybody. Now, uh, we've uh, had this uh, young man on the show several times before. Uh, There's specific reasons for why that is, and he will explain it all in a minute. But it's a really, really, really warm welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast to Dylan Polk of Carefree Louisiana. Dylan, how are you? I'm fantastic, guys. It's still uh, still in the middle of the work day over here for me. In uh, in the states, but uh, I'm glad to be on the I'm glad to be on the show with you guys. Yeah, do you know what, mate? That occurred to me when I emailed you yesterday, saying, "Mate, this is when we're doing the show." I'm thinking, I thought, "Hang on, a minute. he's going to be in the middle of work here." So how's that going to work? But uh, well done, you for 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 you know coming on while you're working. I'm not a degenerate. I'm just committed. <laughs> <laughs> we never doubted that for a minute. Right. Um. So how's things been going with Carefree? I mean, we'll talk about what you know what the, the event in a minute, but just generally, how how's things? been going with the group is it doing okay Are you still enjoying it all oh yeah it's, it's going great we uh we're a coalition for anybody who doesn't know what carefree louisiana is we're, we're a coalition of multiple chapters in the state of louisiana uh our largest and home base in new orleans one in our capital baton rouge one in the cajun area of the state in lafayette and a new chapter starting in the, in the northern part of the state we're growing and uh we're just trying to make everybody if you don't know who else is and you watch soccer then you're you're, you're going to be changed. Your change your opinion changed real quick. Um, mm. We're uh, we're just a solid group of guys that love to watch the game and uh, want more people to know about it. That's yeah. it. And where, where do you gather to watch the matches? You got a, got a pub you'll go to? Oh yeah, we've got a pub, and uh, we've so far since the first time that I had a conversation with you guys, we've been kicked out of the pub that we were sharing with an Arsenal group and a Liverpool group. We've been kicked out of the, the pub for being too loud, too many of us. <laughs> and taking over the taps. So since then, we've had to move to two different pubs that accommodate us. Because as you guys know, if y'all have a um, a noon kickoff, that's 6 a.m. in the morning here. So we have to have bars that accommodate opening up early for us. And the good thing about being in New Orleans is we've got bars that are open 24-7. Oh, yeah. So we've uh, we've teamed up with some right people. and We've got a new home now. And it's uh, it's exactly what we need it to be. And we've got enthusiastic people running it for us. Yeah, do you know what? That made me chuckle. This 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 will resonate with Mark as well, I suspect. But Chelsea sports have had a long, long tradition of taking over people's pubs and not being very popular because of it. Isn't that right, Mark? Yeah, we might have done a few times down the years. <laughs> <laughs> so I've really, I'm glad. It's just beautiful to see that the, the tradition continues even across the pond. It's wonderful. Well done, you lot. How, how many of you are there that get together on a match day? Do you reckon? So um, depending on which different group, but the one that I'm that I'm a part of in New Orleans, it could be, you know, a, a 6 a.m. match where there could be five of us or it could be, you know, 60 of us getting together. Mm. It just it, it depends. Our, our group as a whole has over 120 members and growing uh, for the whole state. But um, 
just for the New Orleans area. It's it's proper chels. There's singing going on the entire entire match. Um, but we've got scarves from from uh, chapters all over the country that are hanging. We're trying to make it a a place where if you are a Chelsea fan and you're on vacation down here or you're traveling from abroad, we we have that place for you to go if you want to catch a game. You know what, Dylan? You're, you're absolutely. I mean, you know, funnily enough, that this appeals to us over here as well because I mean, I remember, you know, when uh, when uh, I was in LA, you know, actually I was in San Diego, not LA. Well, I was in both actually. But the point was is that you you know, as a, as, a, as a Brit going over to the states, you want to know where you can watch the match and where Chelsea will be. Chelsea people will be. And I, I made, a, made a real, you know, kind of mission of doing that when I was in L.A. and San Diego and in New York, you know. And I, I've always known that the pub in, in New York is Legends. And uh, I made a, I mean, there wasn't a match going on because I went at the wrong time of the year. But I still went to Legends just to see it, you know. So it, it's important to us guys over here. I don't know how much you were aware of that. Well, I, I'm glad that we're, we're appreciated. I mean, hell, one of the guys that um, is a regular that, that lives in New York that's uh, a member at <laughs> at the New York Blues that goes to the legend. He comes down to our pub at least at least once a month, Chich. I mean, he's here He's here all the time. We are, we're, we're close friends with those group because whether big as we grow or whatnot, uh, we have the biggest respect for New York because New York technically brought the movement to to the states. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the originals and, 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 and all respect to them. Yeah. But uh, we're just trying to keep up and do our part. You yeah, know? definitely. The neat, the neat boys. Um, so what have you thought of, uh, you know, the season so far? I mean, you know, we've all been pretty miserable. I don't know how you guys have been over there. I mean, so I've been a fan since the uh, right before the Roman Abramovich era. So obviously um, I've seen more good than I have bad as a collective. Um, I think this is that moment where the, the, the Chelsea fan of now gets a quick humbling and we'll see who we'll see if the plastics are ditched off at the end um but what i do know is i'm it's slower progress than i would like to see but i am seeing progress from the team yeah. um i still am lacking leadership yeah. um a leadership standout um I'm, the tactics seem odd at times substitutions make me question my sanity uh <laughs> but at the at the biggest point I'm, I'm looking at the table right now results are going our way, but they're also going against our competition and those table, those those teams that are right there in front of us. Um, with little less than half the season left, if our injuries weren't so substantial, I would actually think we could have a possibility to have a conversation about maybe a Europa League spot. I'm not going to be as bold as to say a top four because we're not there yet. Give it time. We've been begging for a project for years. Here it is. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm I'm more positive than I probably should be, and, and and ask me again in three weeks after we've gone through, you know, Middlesbrough, Wolves, Liverpool. Let's 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 see how those go. Um, but right now, I mean, I'm going to say I'm feeling pretty positive. The season obviously could have been a lot better, but what are you going to do when you've got this many injuries, Chip? Yeah, yeah it's, there's loads and loads of things going on. Um, I mean, that's lovely to hear. What you had to say there, Dylan, anybody would have thought you listened to the Chelsea fan cast. I mean, that, that we've been saying the same thing for weeks and weeks and weeks. And the other, the, I mean, the serious point is, is that, you know, for anybody who doubts, anybody who doubts that, uh, you know, the Americans, uh, you know, don't know their onions when it comes to Chelsea, 
listen to people like you. I mean, I, I know lots of, uh, you know, I've got lots of mates in the States, many of whom have been listening to the show for years, many of whom I've met. They all think and say exactly the same as anybody who goes to matches over here. There is fundamentally no bloody difference apart from the fact you're, you know, 6,000 miles away or whatever it is. So it's just lovely to hear you say that. It, it validates everything that we say. It's, it's just cheaper for y'all to get to go to the game, man. <laughs> well, yeah, but but well, you got to factor in the beer we amount of beer we drink. I'd, 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 I'd probably uh, challenge you on that, but no, of course it does. I mean, we don't have to pay for the flight, do we? You know, there is that. Well, I, I won't speak for the rest of the country, <laughs> but um, New Orleans and its libations go hand in hand. Well, you see, I've I've never had the pleasure or the privilege of visiting New New, New Orleans. It's absolutely on my bucket list. Dan's got his hand up because I bet Dan's <laughs> oh, been there. Loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, was, I knew uh, you would have been there. Well, yeah, last brilliant. year. Last year, uh, no, two, uh, Tuchel Madrid. We played with Tuchel Madrid, but year before last, yeah, must have been. Yeah. Did, did I meet you, Dan? Because I felt like you were in our pub. I was no, I didn't come to the pub. I was watching. I was there in New Orleans, but the, the days didn't quite work out to go for the match. Okay. I think we spoke on Facebook or do you run the Facebook group or? I run the I run the uh, Instagram. I didn't go. We spoke carefully. Yeah, we spoke on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. That then it was definitely me. Yeah, I, I try to yeah. I try to get anybody if you're. If you're coming in town or coming in the state and you want to watch a game, I'm going to find you five guys at least to watch it with and have something to talk about. <laughs> well, that, next time, definitely. Yeah, I tell you what, I've been saying this for years. You know, we need a Chelsea fan cast tour of America, I reckon. You know, we need, to, he, we need to really break the band in the States. Otherwise, we're just not the full ticket, are we? You know, what we do need you to get a good first <laughs> album, don't we? <laughs> well, you know, you, you won't remember this, but back in the early days, just after I'd kind of, you know, taken over the reins, as it were, it just so happened that, um, well, I'd met Michael Roban, who, who anybody yeah. who saw me at the Palace game will will know. But yeah, uh, sorry, yeah. well, you know, I, so I went over to the the, the the you know Chelsea were over there in two thousand and nine when Ancelotti had just taken the reins, and I, I watched a game in Pasadena, and I spent I spent a few hours in Lucky Balls before, and I got to meet loads of people who had listened to the show, which was lovely. So yeah, we could we could do a tour, boys. What do you reckon? I wouldn't be surprised if we do America again in the summer. Yeah, definitely. Given the ownership group. Definitely. Yeah, so we'll see. Definitely. We should do it. And I'll tell you what, when we do, Dylan, we will make a beeline for New Orleans. Um, here we, here we go. Yeah. go on, Mark. I, I don't know where the game's, game's going to be played, but obviously um, 24-25 is the Club World Cup yeah, in I America. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know where the venues are, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, want, I would love to make a, a beeline for New Orleans. Any, well, to, to 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 watch the football with you guys. But I tell you what, mate, and this is kind of nicely segue into to, to what we have got you on for today. But uh, I'd love to do Mardi Gras in New Orleans. I mean, that that's that's a massive bucket list, isn't it? Is it is it really mad over there and wild? Whatever your expectations are. Um, it's 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 Double still them. not it's it's still not there. We say it's a marathon and a sprint. Um, it's uh, hydration is key. Knowing where the nearest bathroom is key. Uh, um, and, and knowing where your next meal is, is is pretty important too. But no, guys, it's New Orleans. While it gets uh, sometimes a reputation of being can be a dangerous city, where isn't? Um, at the end of the day, like it's, this is when New Orleans, everybody is your best friend and it's family time. It's a time where people from all over the world travel. It is weekend after weekend of parades, live bands, celebrating high school music to college music, um, entertaining floats. I just, and 
nonstop drinking and hanging out with your friends. And it's that's why the event that we're hosting is so important. Obviously, why would someone just come to New Orleans to watch a soccer game in a pub? You can watch it. You can watch a match at any pub. But why not get the experience of being able to experience a true culture unlike any other in the world, with the exception of Brazil, because let's be honest, they brought carnival to the world. Mm. But um, we, uh, it's an opportunity for, for Chelsea fans from all over the world to come experience New Orleans and its culture with some locals to get a real proper experience and a Chelsea pub experience. We were blessed the first year we had the event that we were hosted it on the Club World Cup and we won the game. Um, the last the last year and this year, I assume attendance is going to be a little bit lower because not as many uh, fans are as faithful as they were mm-hmm. on, on, under under our last big regime when everything was going right. But uh, I'm super excited about the event, guys. Um, I'm, t- t- I'm going to ask you a quick question, but th- then please tell me you know everything that we need to know about the event. But because um, you just mentioned something that's quite interesting that there was uh, you know loyalties kind of tailed off a bit. Uh, obviously, because we're not playing as well, and we've got a new ownership. But my 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 uh, you know ill-informed presumption would be that actually, if you're a Chelsea supporter in America, you're probably quite pumped because we've got American owners now, effectively. So surely that you would have thought that would go hand in hand. But like, yeah, you're shaking your head. So that's not the case, right? I mean, American owners. Uh, the the la- the last thing that was American that, that that came over to Chelsea was Christian Pulisic, and I'll be the first Chelsea fan to say he was a super sub at best. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just because it's American doesn't mean it's great, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm proud to be an American, but we mess up a lot too. Yeah, yeah. And if you know anything about Todd Bowley's ownership, um, with the Dodgers, for example. They spend a wild amount of money and do whatever they can to get results. So if you take nothing else away from what what these ownership, the ownership that's coming in, they want to win. They may be misguided on how they're getting there, mm-hmm. but they're finding ways to, to do business and get things done. And maybe when they get the right people involved and the right in the right ideas going, things will come good. I mean, three or four uninjured players right now and two more mm-hmm. wins and I don't know if we'd be having the same conversations we were right now. Mm. Interesting. It's always lovely to get, you know, a, a different view, particularly from over there. So, right, come on then. Tell us all about this event. What's going on? When's it happening? All right. So uh, the event is called Blues Day. It is happening the first weekend of February, the second, third, and fourth. And uh, basically the event is a gathering of as many Chelsea fans as possible that want to come from all over the world to experience Mardi Gras and to uh, watch with as many Chelsea fans as they can. Mm, excellent stuff. And where do you all rock up? Well, I'm sure you told me. What's the name of the pub that you that you use? Uh, the pub that we're using right now is called the Britannia Bar. It's one block off of St. Charles, which is the most historic street in New Orleans. Wow, it's the Britannia Bar. Yes, sir. Do you realize that for many, 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 many years, uh, the pub opposite, uh, I think it's, well, funny enough, it's the Britannia Gate because... The pub was in Britannia Road, opposite the ground, and the pub was called the Britannia, wasn't it, Mark? Used to be a real hangout back in the day, didn't it? Was indeed, yes. Nice I am, of, uh, yeah, yeah, nice bit of history there. Yeah. Sorry, Dylan, go on. Well, then I'm. I was going to say I'm, I'm going to take that back to my guys the second that I get off this with you because that's a, uh, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. It, it's it's considering how hard it was for us to find a new pub to uh, watch our matches. That kind of seems uh, destiny. 
I yeah, guess. I mean, yeah. it's hugely appropriate. Mark, Mark and I will try and there's some great photographs of the Britannia pub back in the day. I mean, it would have been the 80s, wouldn't it, Mark? I think. Oh, very much, yeah. But even now, some people will still refer to that entrance going in as the Britannia entrance. I, yeah, I do. Even I after do. all these yeah, years, I, I do. do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there we go. JK? Isn't it still written up there, though? Isn't the sign still there just by the side, even though the entrance is enormous? It's still the, considered the Britannia Gate, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, definitely. Was, 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 this, was this pub up the... Um, what is it now, the pub? Was it... Was it um, is it a block of flats? Or no, something? no, it's still there, but it's a, it's it's the Co- Coe. It's a. It used to be. Oh, the, it, it became the. It became the So Bar, right? I know the. And, yeah, and yeah. it's Connor Kai or something. Yeah, that's oh, it, Connor Kai. Yeah, Connor Kai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the Kona guys who own Kai, yeah, they now own the Tommy Supper as well. Oh right, okay. There you go. Well, y'all are gonna have to. Y'all are gonna have to send me a picture of it so I can show it to my boys and post it online. No we, history lesson. We will. I mean, Mark and I should be able to track down a few photos of it. But it's, it's you know, it's a real part of Chelsea history. That that pub and obviously what is now the Butcher's Hook, but used to be called the Stamford Arms, and was back in nineteen oh five was uh, the uh, Rising Sun. The Rising Sun, which is where they, you know, that's where they kind of came up with the idea of Chelsea Football Club. So. Chelsea Football Club and pubs have had a symbiotic relationship since we started. So uh, you can take that little bit of history back with them. We'll get you a photograph, Dylan, and you can stick it up in the bar. That'd be the thing to do. Fantastic. We will, we will do that for you. Now, is there anything else that our listeners, because I mean, we've got quite a few listeners in the States who might be around. Anything else they need to know about your event? Yeah, so I'll just give you a quick itinerary of what we got going on. Friday is good for anybody coming in town because I know flights come in late for some people, especially in New Orleans during Mardi Gras season. Uh, we're doing a pub crawl throughout the French Quarter, so you get a little bit of uh, drinks in, experience what French Quarter life is like for anybody who doesn't know what it is, um, and then get a chance to uh, you know explore a little bit and see a parade that night if you wish. Saturday, we are um, taking over the neutral ground area, um, where the streetcar, or y'all might call it a trolley, uh, it goes through town. It's in the neutral ground, and we're going to be setting up a huge tent. And basically, uh, all every, all of our guests have free drinks. Uh, well, at least at least about a twelve pack each <laughs> uh, uh, that we've uh, we've purchased, and then we're providing for our guests for free. We're still doing the event for free, but we ask people that are coming for donations just so we can still keep this event free. But it's an all day from 11 a.m. until 9 p.m. There's parades going all day, nonstop. So it's just one massive party that doesn't end. And then Sunday morning at 8 o'clock, we're going to be going to the pub, watching the game, rooting on the chels, hopefully getting a a win over the Wolves. We're going to be raffling off a signed uh, Team Chelsea jersey, uh, thanks to our friends at Chelsea and the American Southwest Platinum Group. And um, we are going to be – Donating, donating that money to the American Cancer Society mm. in the name of Gianluca Viali. Ah, oh, that's a nice touch. I approve wholeheartedly of that. Well done. Good work, people. Um, it's fun, right? So you're, it's basically all kind of comes to a, a big uh, kind of conclusion around the Chelsea Wolves match, right? Yes, sir. I mean, and, and the, the weekend has always been kind of fluid. So our first time that we did the event, the, the game happened to be on a Saturday. Last year, we, we chose the weekend that we were going to do the uh, Blues Day and the schedule shifted because of FA Cup matches, and we had to play on a Friday, so the pub experience was lessened. Mm. Um, this weekend, the, sh- the schedule shifted again, and the match was moved to a Sunday. So this time, round three, we're going to get to culminate the weekend with um, the match, which is, I think, an even e- even sweeter deal. Lovely stuff. Well, mate, I wish you all all the luck with that. You don't need any luck. It's become a real you know kind of fixture in the in the calendar, hasn't it now? 
it's the third time you've done it, so you won't need any luck. It'll be absolutely fantastic. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit envious, actually. I'd quite, quite fancy Me three days. Yeah, too. three days on the piss with that lot, mate. That put hairs on your chest. That's for sure. I was, I yeah. was thinking more of the, the cultural. Oh, uh, of course, J.K. Yeah, sorry, mate. Sorry. Yeah, the, all the all the jazz and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. enough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking exactly <laughs> the same, mate. Exactly that. No, but it would be cracking. One day we will make it, Dylan. I, I promise that. But. Uh, if any of us get over to the States and they're down that part of the world, I shall point them in your direction. But I wish you all the best in the world with that. Uh, I, I know it'll be a success, as I said. And you never know. We might have you back around uh, the Chelsea Fancast this time next year. We'll still be going. I'm sure you will be too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, just for anybody listening, if uh, you want more information about the event or who we are or whatnot, uh, you can go to carefreelouisiana.com. We have a website already set up. Uh, pretty basic right now, but uh, we're growing, we're learning, we're, we're doing more things. You can also check us out on um, Instagram, uh, Carefree Louisiana. And uh, yeah, anybody interested, anybody, not, not even even if you're coming down for Blue State, if you're just coming to the States, you're coming to New Orleans, there's a game on while you're here. The missus allows you to, to, to bounce out for a little bit. Come to the pub. First pints on us. Lovely stuff. Well, there we go. Dylan, you've been absolutely brilliant as you always are. As I said, we wish you luck. And uh, hopefully, we'll, if we don't see you sooner, we'll see you back here giving it a good plug again for, for you know next, next year's show, whenever that will be. But uh, yeah, good on you, mate. Take care. Good luck. And we'll see you soon. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, I just want to say we're, we're really grateful for, uh, for all you guys for having us on the podcast, especially considering that y'all are. Y'all are the OGs. Y'all are the originals. So it's uh, <laughs> yeah. I think I think we. I think in our case, Dylan, OG stands for old gits. Not yes, old, yes, yes. I thought it was. I thought it was old guard. Oh, okay. That'll that'll work. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely old in there somewhere. That's for sure. Listen, I forgot to ask you. Can we follow on on social media? Carefully, carefully, Louisiana. I know you're on Instagram because that's how you reminded me to, to get you back on the show. Yeah. What was your question? I'm sorry. What What are you on the social media platforms? Carefree Louisiana? Uh, Yeah, we're we're Carefree Louisiana on everything. On everything, brilliant. Okay, so look, go and check Dylan and Carefree Louisiana out on all the socials, I presume, at at Carefree Louisiana. We will see you soon, mate. Best of luck. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Good luck, guys. There you go. The lovely Dylan Polk from Carefree Louisiana. If you're in that neck of the woods, uh, you know, the weekend of the Wolves Munch, you must go along. It sounds an absolute blast. Now, we will be back uh, for part three in a moment. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast. This is a kind of a weird Monday show. It's a preview show because we're playing Middlesbrough tomorrow night in the Caribou Cup. I'm, of course, Stanford Chidge, and I'm joined by. The uh, effervescent Jonathan Kidd. What a lovely adjective, thank you. Yeah, uh, hello. Hello. Uh, the absolute lovely, the wonderful Dan Silver. My buddy Good evening. gets me tickets for sitting next to him occasionally, and it's always a joy to sit next to him. And Paul, actually. How's, how's Paul? Is Paul all right? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, yeah, he'll be here tomorrow. He's good. He's finished his job. Took a bit of time off, and now he's fine. Award-winning director, Paul, we should say. Bafta Paul, yeah, we should start exactly. calling him. We should, shouldn't we? Yeah. Oh, do send him my best. Give him a, give him a big cuddle, cuddle from me. I love, do love Paul. I will do, definitely. He's, he's doing January, so he's coming down time for kickoff tomorrow. Oh, is he? Yeah, all right, yeah. fair enough. 
And uh, last but by no means least, the great, the absolutely uh, El Presidente himself, Mr. Mark Meehan. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the preview of the Smog Monsters game Indeed, tomorrow night. It is almost a preview. Uh, now, quickly before we do that, um, it was interesting that uh, Dylan, who we just had on from Carefree Louisiana, they're kind of basically having their big event on the day we play Wolves. Well, well, people, we are having a big event too because we're doing another Troubadour gig after the Wolves match. Uh, Wolves match will finish about four doors at the troubadour will open about four and then you can come along and you can see uh me and jk talk to kenny swain and super jock finiston so there we go another one of the chelsea fancast presents live at the troubadour gigs they are an absolute right tickets are 20 quid get from ticketweb.uk we'll be going on till about half six but there's plenty of time afterwards to have a drink with them i know for absolute certainty jock will uh, definitely be having a drink with you afterwards because that is his way um, but it'll be a little way to kind of talk about the 1970s Kenny was a very stylish midfielder Jock was a great striker scored some great goals for us Mark it will be fantastic won't it oh it, it will I'm so chuffed I've got those two com- coming along um, Kenny was the, one of the first players I ever interviewed and I just took a liking to him all those many years ago about 30 years ago He's a really, really good guy. He knows his football. He, he talks a good game as well. And I know it will be very much a Chelsea focus, but I think even though a small part of career, we, we need to save time for him to talk about playing under Brian Clough. He's got some amazing stories playing under Brian Clough. And Brian Clough never, never called him Kenny. He called him Kenneth. <laughs> 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 Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Well, there you go. So, look, come along. Um, don't Listen, don't hang around waiting to the last minute to get a ticket because if you do that, you won't get one because when we have them on a match day, it sells out. There's only about 50, 55 spaces at the Troubadour. So get in there early. I, I can tell you that, you know, easily, we've only had this on air for about five days. Already, easily a third of the tickets have gone already. But over a third of the tickets have gone already. So don't hang around, otherwise you'll miss out. 20 quid plus booking fee, ticketweb.uk. It's plastered all over social media where I've got um, all the details on there so you know what to do. Right. Now, Chidge, um just had a message from Nathan. Apparently Mixler has just gone off. Well, there's not a lot I can do about that. <laughs> I thought you might say that. So tough shit. <laughs> Well, there's absolutely nothing I can do because it's, no, no, you know. Just, just let you know. Well, I'll tell you what, you can tell, Nathan, that it's still going at my end. It's on 01-19-46. Uh, so it's still going beautifully okay. He might want to refresh his version, is what I would say yeah. about that. Right, JK, the moment has come for my favourite thing of the week. And I'm not just, you know, this is not tit for tat, because I know you always say that about the next bit, which is your favourite bit of the week. But this is my favourite bit of the week. It is JK's uh, presser summary of today's today's presser, JK. Indeed, indeed. Well, it was all a bit of a disappointment because there was only five minutes of it. No way. Short changed, mate. Short changed. Yeah, I, I, I... I couldn't believe it when I looked at it. I thought, hang on, there must be some... Is it ads? I think, what happened? No, it, it started. He came in. He he, uh, he he spoke really rather tediously with, in complete cliches about what the game was tomorrow night, that there was a cup final place uh, for uh, for you if you wanted to win the game on offer. Um, a passport to the final was, in fact, said. Yeah, yes, I think we've grasped that. Um, for the club, everyone um, needs to... Uh, 
to be an, uh, uh, to beat a very good team, which I hate. I hate having Middlesbrough described as a very good team because they're not a very good team. They just, you know, block. They're worse than Preston. We beat 4-0 um, and we were just absolute crap when we played them up at the Riverside, as we know, as I got very angry about. Um, but they're confident, but disappointed. And we will try to win a massive game, he said. Once again, cliches of the manager saying they will try to win. Well, if he said, no, we're going to try and draw, we might lose. I'm not convinced that I would be very happy about that. But um, And he did a couple of sentences that made absolutely no sense as, as usual. Um, he was asked about Nkunku. said he had a long-term injury and they had to find the balance. And it was what you expected from people who'd had long-term injuries. There was always an injury associated with the injury, which I have to say once again, I'm not convinced is the is the case, but in his mind it is. And he said, it's now a hip. He said, it's not a big issue, but of course he's not available. Um, <laughs> would Broya move on? No news, no news, news, he said. All quiet. Uh, he's working well, though. It's working well. Any signings? No, no, no update. I was thinking, oh, this is a bit tedious, isn't it? Absolutely said nothing, spoken in cliches. Um, he was then asked about um, a very interesting, the most interesting thing about this was Marrera, and Cassidy, 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 back. Loan moves have been uh, curtailed and uh, in plans need to be assessed, he said. But good potential, out of squad, yes, good news, important, will figure in the Premier League. But Cassidy, um, uh, who'd been, he admitted it, he said he'd been fantastic in pre-season, which I agreed. I thought he'd been really good. I was bemused he went out on... Uh, um, uh, he went out on loan. Um, it's not possible to play tomorrow because he's not available. But also, he played for Leicester in both the Carabao Cups and the FA Cup. Now, I, I, I didn't know that that meant. I thought that they'd um, they'd lessened that. But I suppose the reality is, is I think it's early rounds, isn't it? Or have, is that now you get it's only it's only European um, Champions League to Europa League. It's only European football, not domestic. But domestics, in other words, you yeah. had it. You've had it. Yeah, when she played. Yeah. Yeah, when he played, um, whereas um, uh, Marrera didn't. But after uh, Marrera played at the beginning of the season and uh, did not um, excel, whereas Casadai looks the part. So I'd be well, rather well, intrigued to see what is really. Yes, say, say, yes Marrera can't go on. He can't go on loan because he's played for two clubs. So we're stuck with him. So he played well, for us and Leon. Him. So right, he can't go on loan. Yeah. Go on. Great, right, planning. Yeah, great planning. Great planning. Great planning. We're, we're yeah. going to have a really good under twenty-one team for the rest of the season, aren't we? No excuses, Mark. Yeah, we're going to have a good, we've got good second half of the season. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Jake. Uh, on, mate. But that was it. That's it. Is that it? Anyway, they said. Fuck he it said the bloke said, uh, oh, "Right, that's the um, uh, uh, that's the uh, that's your lot the for the broadcast, boys." Yeah, that's a pro- yeah. Now, now we're we'll on the broadsheets. Cameras off. And I thought now, now the filth, mate. Right, cameras off. 13. Five minutes thirteen. What what filth have they got? They what should do they it. He should do it in the style of about? on the buses, shouldn't he? Really, I can't remember who the press guy is now, but he really should do a Blakey, shouldn't he? Or something. No, like but it was, it was Tom Roddy. Tom, is it Tom Roddy? Tom Roddy's doing that. Well, the, the head yeah, of comms. Yeah, I think it's he him. Is, he is. No, yeah, he, no, he, in fact, he passed it on to someone else. Someone else was ah, doing okay. it. Oh. He said, and here's such and such a but, and he said, "Thank you very much." And then, and the first person is this, and the bloke asked the question, but oh, I'm better. Well, but they would. It was. It was dull and brief, okay. and uh, I said completely cliched at the beginning. And I thought, oh, he seemed quite happy, uh, Poch. But uh, whether uh, why five minutes? I mean, that just is bizarre. Yeah, oh, never mind. But, okay, um, well, fair enough. That was it. 
I think the gist of that is I, I I read somewhere that Gusto was out. Did you read that? Well, I I, yeah, I saw it on Sky Sports News before I started the show. So there is immediately one selection wrong in what's coming next. Well, no, but I don't know if that's the case. You didn't mention Gusto. Well, he said it on Sky. He's done it in the park. Perhaps he got mentioned in the uh, the, the uh, newspaper in, bit, in the band bit. Yeah, the newspaper yeah. bit. Okay. Um, uh, but Nkunku was the only one he was asked about. So, um, but yes, uh, yeah, I think it was tough. Um, no idea about Broya, no idea about anybody coming in, no idea about anything. Cas- Caseda was the best bit for me because I think he's going to be uh, uh, a top player. Okay. So that, so. Oh, well, that's good. Well, there you go, everybody. That's JK's presser summary. Remember, JK watches the pressers so we don't have to. I like that. That's our, that's our catchphrase for it now. <laughs> you like that? Would you like me to say at the beginning? Oh, I watch the presses, but so that they don't have to. I, I thought my that. version was better, and it's not often much I say better. that. It's not often much, I say that. Much, much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jake, go on, go on. I failed you. I just sorry. No, no, just, no, no. Hardly that, darling. Hardly that. Happy. I'm happy to to say that. We did a JK and I did a little bit of a scripted promo uh, on Friday, didn't we? That was quite fun. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. that. We we had fun. Doing that. Yeah, yeah. Did it, it in two takes. Play. Two takes. It, it took. Two takes. Playing various characters. We yeah. we. We uh, we we stopped on my um my finally my my Cockney wide boy we liked that one didn't yeah we? we did we did it was do you know what it was what I should have done thinking about it now it's a shame we actually no no it's today was the deadline we I'm, we should have done it like Pete and Dud yeah we should have that's we what was have. in the back of my mind but it wasn't coming to the front of my mind but you did do quite a good Dudley Moore actually even though people, you, I didn't tell you that even though I didn't need to did people know that um. Did they know that uh, uh, when they wrote it, we, 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 they wanted us to do that? Did they? No, but we could have done it a Pete and Dud, and then you could have done the Doug. No, oh, no, fuck you now. It'd have been yeah, brilliant. It? Fucking love it, love it. But anybody, anybody know who Pete and Dud are? Who's okay? Hands up. Or who knows who Pete and Dud are? Dan does. Mark does. Yeah. Yeah. Other than Mark, other than Mark, Mark. No, no, no. See, this is the kind of caliber we have, people we have on the Chelsea fan cast. Imagine if you did it in the manner of Derek and Clive. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I knew a lady in Amsterdam. I better not sing that song. It's a bit rude. (laughs) What have the fucking whales ever done for civilization? (laughs) Sucking fucking plankton. Ad nauseum is without doubt. We used to listen to that when I was 15 in in what was wonderfully called in the 70s. Uh, the youth wing, you know, when we were allowed to have a bit of the school to ourselves. So we played Ad Nauseam, which is probably the sweariest record ever made. Anyway, we digress, as we so often do. Right, it is time for Chidge's team selection. Ooh, yes, ooh, baby. Ooh, ooh. Right. Um, okay, this is this is my thinking. I have not got a Scooby. And immediately, I'm told Gusto's out. So I had Chilwell, Colwell, Petrovic, Silva, Gusto... I would I would imagine you would swap Gusto for Dizazi or Dizazi. So that would be the back four. Uh, Fernandez, Caicedo, Gallagher, and believe it or not, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but Sterling, Brozier, and Palmer. And okay, now let me explain why. You've got to start Palmer, uh, so he has to go on the right, not in the fucking middle like he was for the for the away leg. Uh, Ferdinand, Fernandez. Caicedo uh, and Gallagher are our best three and probably only fit midfielders so that's a, a bleeding obvious the reason I would start Sterling and not Mudrick or Madueki is because I think that Middlesbrough are going to park the bus they're going to park the bus at Stamford Bridge all neat all neat they are so we're going to have to play fucking round them and that is also why 
I'm a bit upset that Gusto's not playing because I thought Gusto and Chilwell would be great bombing down the wing, getting round them. You know, that would have been perfect. Now I'm a bit downhearted that Gusto's not playing because Dizazi will not be able to do that as effectively. And the other reason why Chilwell has to come back in, even if he's only on one leg, is because they targeted Colwell very effectively in the away leg. They clearly targeted him. And if he's playing on left at left back, they will do the fecking same. Uh, and if you've got Sterling playing on the left, he, he won't get any cover either. So, uh, But Sterling, I think, will be a more effective player at trying to break through, you know, run at them and go down the lines and uh, and do what he does well, actually. So we'll see. Won't we? And Brozier has to start for me because he's the only bloody striker and we have to start a striker. Don't put Palmer there as the false nine again. It doesn't work. Thank you. There you go. That's the team selection. Can I, can I just ask a question while... Yes. Uh, uh... Just away from the team selection. If Brozier is the only striker... Why are we selling him? Why are we selling him? Well, I I don't think we are. If you read Liam's very good article in The Athletic today, Liam beautifully explains that he managed to say, "Okay, this is the pool of clubs to which Brozier could be sold. And then he went through systematically and whittled them down to one. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, West Ham. And they yes. ain't going to pay fifty million for him, or even thirty-five no. million for him. They've reduced it to thirty-five, though. They won't even do that. He said that the market is peculiar at the moment. And he said actually there are very few clubs that pay the kind of money that Chelsea is trying to sell these cl- uh, players for. Uh, he basically said the only two people who'd be in the market for it would be Brighton and West Ham. And Brighton never spent. I mean, if Brighton spent thirty-five million on a player, that would be their record signing. So that ain't, that ain't happening. West Ham would spend that money, but they're not sure if they really need it. So it's 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 a really good article. You know what Liam's like. He writes some crackers occasionally, and this and is one such. played quite well at the weekend. I think he'd be the person he'd be replacing. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, I don't think he's going, mate. But they want to sell him. You know, that's clear as mud. They'll sell. They'll fucking sell anything to anybody. You know, if they could. Uh, but anyway, what do you want to talk about? Do you want the, uh, the Mark had his hand up? Mark. Mark. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Do you want to talk about the team selection now? Well, if that's possible. Of course, it's always possible. I roll after you. Thank you very much. Yes, thanks. <laughs> I'm quite happy to, to, to talk take about seat. my team selection. But, you know, if you wanted to, quite no, happy no, to. No. Um, uh, uh, I agree with you completely. Wow. Fucking hell. Well, I can't see what else he'd play. I can't. Yeah. Um, if, if Gusto's injured, he'll play De Sazi because he trusts him playing in that position, even though he's not a. Um, a wing back in the slightest. Had, had, had Mbappe in his pocket when they played PSG. Or when they, yeah. Apparently he did. That was, he, I don't, I don't think they meant that in a football term, though. I think he actually picked him up and put him in his short pockets. You know. <laughs> yes, stuffed him down his trousers. Um, uh, yeah, Chilwell should play, shouldn't he? Because he had his run around at the weekend. And it would be interesting to see what he can contribute. The um, the, the problem is, if he, will he be playing Chilwell as, a, as a, an out-and-out player? Uh, Fullback, or will he play him as um, somebody who overlaps a lot? Well, who who like? plays left back? Or oh, Colwell, of course. But if he plays Colwell, Colwell will get rinsed again. But, no, but Colwell will come round. I mean, I'm just thinking in terms of um, he'll put Chilwell. If Chilwell is a kind of winger with Sterling, then Sterling would have to track back a bit, which he tends not to do. Um, well, the fingers are up. The fingers are all up. They are, aren't um, they? Yeah, oh, bloody well, hell. Who do you reckon? Who do we have first, Jonathan? Oh, God. Mark got his up first. It should be Mark. But oh, hang on, hang on. Oh, 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 what? what? Finish. The the third the uh, fur, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's no little wacky. finger wagging oh, going waggling. on. Help! Help me! Help everybody! Help! It's all right. I would I would defer anything. No, I'm not getting the V signs. Oh god! <laughs> and a wanker sign. Oh, it's all that. Thing, isn't it? Ah, God! Help! Help me! Um, yes, it's interesting though that Palmer, when he played right right wing, 
um, uh, the other day wasn't actually involved. It was only when he came to the middle he got involved. So I'm not convinced he's great at right wing. It'll be um, so I, it, it'll change as the game goes on, as we know, and then Palmer will probably end up in a more um, con- contributory um, environment to actually set up a goal. Um, but yeah, Gallagher, Cesedo, and Fernandez is uh, obviously the the triumvirate that's been working. I think they're getting better. Would you believe? I actually think they're gelling a bit more. Mm. Um, but yes, yes, and I now, I now, um, I, I disappear into the background for the two wise gentlemen. Not sure it's wise, um, but I, I'm going for a curveball again because Whoa! every time we, uh, I think every every time we try and do it, uh, Pochettino just seems to throw a curveball in. Um, True. Uh, I think he might play Alfie Gilchrist. Instead of Gusto, I think Silva and Dizazi will be the centre halves. Colwell will be played left back because he only ever seems to play Colwell left back. He will have Chilwell in front the of left him winger to protect him, but also do uh, a left wing. Uh, Fernandez, Casado, and Gallagher, I agree, and he'll have Sterling and Palmer up top, and he'll bring Brozier off the bench. So that's the sort of weird thing he might do. Well, it's kind of very similar to what he did against them in the away leg. But I mean, well, I mean, I mean, we'll talk about this in a minute because you could have two different views as to whether it worked or not. But to that in a minute, Dan. So I don't think it was Chilwell because he's, you know, just I think will probably left back. I think um, he'll play a fluid three. I think he'll have uh, what's his face, uh, the Ukrainian Jesper Gonku up front. Yeah, Mudrick. Yeah. I think yeah, certainly down the middle, more middle, and then have the other two playing off. I don't think he'll play Brozier because they're going to be sitting back. They're going to be such a deep block. They'll be the Matthew Harding lower. So I really just don't think having Brozier give him any point because the centre half will just eat it all away. We need to get pace getting behind them. So I think of the three pacey lads up front. Yeah, I mean that's a good point actually because we've seen we've seen Brozier play up against. I mean because he'll probably play three at the back slash five at the back. And, yeah. and when I've when we've seen Brozier play you know, effectively against three centre-backs, he gets very, you know, overrun because he's playing against three chaps and he doesn't get the support he needs from any of the others who tend to stay a bit wide and they're a bit late coming through the middle, aren't they, from the midfield? His crest falls, doesn't it? Well, it's fucking our work playing against three men, which is what happens. You know, you need support to do that effectively. You need somebody close to you, whether they're coming from wide or behind, and they don't. So Dan makes, as ever, a very salient point there. Well, you know what? We'll see tomorrow, won't we? Uh, whether I've got it right yeah, or Potch has got it right, um, I think I think the, 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 that's a good point you made there, Dan. And the next question that I have, and I shall read exactly what I've written because it may amuse you all. What the fuck do we do up front, given that we need to win by two goals? That's the, was on my mind at about eleven o'clock this morning, Dan. So I think Middlesbrough are dog shit. Yes, I think I Pres- agree. Preston were a lot better. I think we go at them, and we. Get it behind them. We score one goal. Then their their assholes are going to go. They have to start coming forward. They don't need to score. We get an early goal. They have to go and start coming out a bit. I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be comfortable. I think we'll have too much for them. I think we're home. Early start. Early goal. Game's done. We'll be looking at a final in end of Feb. Yeah, Dan- We've got enough 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 to get goals in that team. There should be no excuses well, not to well, go through. Uh, I mean, Absolutely it, none. you know, we were talking about Palmer a minute ago, and 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 that's the other side of the coin because you know he he. I, I mean, if he played another 100 games, I don't think he'll miss three easy chances like that in the same game again. He's t- he's too good. And we, we could have scored a hatful in that first leg. 
Palmer could have scored a hatful in that first leg. So, Mark, why, why not tomorrow? I mean, you know, we, we created more than enough chances to win that game and then did a fucking stupid error in defence as per usual and boom. So, you know, there's no reason why we shouldn't score a hatful tomorrow. We created enough chances in the away leg. I agree, and didn't they struggle to beat Rotherham at the weekend? I think they got drawn against. Well, you say that, you say that. I thought so, but the good people at Flash Score uh, thought slightly differently. They, uh, what did they say? Borough posted a stunning three-one away win to Millwall before returning home to play out an unfortunate one-one draw against Lowly Rotherham, albeit with a potential winner controversially ruled out late in the day. So it wasn't as piss poor as we had presumed, is what I would read from that. But I, I still so they, don't think that... Girding their lawyers. Sorry, yeah, Mark. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they're a good team. I, you know, I'm a, I thought Preston were a better team you know, when we played them in the F, FA Cup. And I, I gather they've even got more players injured tomorrow night. So if we're crying out loud, if we can't knock them out of this competition and get to Wembley, something is seriously wrong. Well, it, it is indeed. And I mean, you know, that, that's, that is the big question, isn't it? You know, JK. Even if they parked a Middlesbrough transport, a bloody bridge, we should still be. Okay, them. that's a good point. And the whole of, of Yarm with it as well. JK, this is the question on my lips. Will we, and you'll like this question, this is specifically tailored to you. Will we rise to the occasion like we did against Newcastle? What you mean? It's going to be one. It's going to be um, one nil to them. No, I thought we did play well against Newcastle. I thought all we... of the game until the last minute, and Mudrick scores. But I still think the... I still think we play well against Newcastle. I think I tell you what I mean by that really is that that was the only time uh, this season that I've seen Chelsea, you know, play with real passion and conviction and gave it a real go. I mean, they weren't like shrinking violets; they gave it a go. It was pizzazz in that game, yeah. but that's one of the games that then confuses you when they play like um, uh, dog shit, as we've said earlier on in, uh, in later performances. Yeah, they, uh, I agree with Dan. They should take him to the cleaners. But, uh, you know, the, the number of times I've actually said, you don't know where you are with this Chelsea team. And then we then show up uh, and, and you think, yeah, that's better. That's much better. And you then go away with the spring in your step and you play Villa at the weekend. And, uh, um, and once again, I don't know which team's going to turn up again. So uh, I, I'm, yes, it should be... Uh, if if they play anywhere like their potential, um, uh, singularly, if they take their chances, they should win easily. But you know, I, I, who knows the the abject quality of the game against them um, in the first leg was so appalling. I mean, I've just used two adjectives in the same sentence that were just the baby shit. Was just the fact that they didn't seem committed. They, he really needs to. They really need to pull something out of the bag. And I, I hope that the home crowd will get right behind them, personally. I just hope it, it, we hap- it happens like that. But, you know, I, I'm, it, watching this team at the moment is, um, is so tricky as to what team is actually going to turn up. It's bloody so. schizophrenic, mate. Dan? Season-defining this. I mean, that's, this could change the whole landscape of the season. You know, get to final... And we have held our own against the bigger clubs this season. This is this is a pivotal, a pivotal match. I don't think Villa so much because they're in the fourth round, but this is a big, big match for Pochettino. Yeah, he's got to got to get a positive result because then the crowd are going to start getting us back again. They've got to get you know, to Wembley. Got to get to Wembley. Yeah, got yeah. to get to Wembley. And you know, Liverpool. Who knows? I mean, you know, Fulham could get through. Yeah. 
You never know. This this is a massive game. This will define the season, define his tenure quite possibly. A Wembley final does, you know, give you something excitement, something to look forward to. So yeah, big, big, big match. We need we need the big balls to step out. We do. Mark. Yeah, if we look back at this in about a week's time, this could really be that was the week that was. Yeah, I know we're yeah. playing Liverpool. I know I know we're playing Liverpool, but these two games, Dan's absolutely right. This this so, is so Borough Borough to, Borough tomorrow, Villa Friday, Borough Liverpool tomorrow, Wednesday. Villa, yeah, well, I'd, Liverpool, yeah, but I'd say this is really more important. The next seven days, Borough tomorrow, Villa on Friday, mm. because we beat Borough, we're at Wembley. We beat Villa, we're in the fifth round of the cup. There's so many Premier League ties off against each other. Again, get the right draw. It could set ourselves up for a good pathway through the FA Cup as well. And we go back just over 30 years ago, and ironically, it was Middlesbrough, when, and there might have been a more recent occasion, if there is, I can't remember it, so if people do put it in Mixler, but 31 years ago, we got knocked out two cup competitions in the same week. Shit a brick. I don't want we, to. No, thank you. Yeah, but thank lost, you so lost. much, Mark. Thank you. No, 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 no. But no but here, we, we lost to Middlesbrough in the FA Cup, and we lost to Crystal Palace in the Carabao Cup in the mud itself as part in the space of one week. And that was season defining. Yeah. Porterfield went soon afterwards. Oddsall came in the following season. The revolution began. This could reverse it. Mm. Win both those games. This could define the season for Pochettino, especially if you go on to Wembley and win one or two trophies. Yeah, right. This is a massive, massive game. Well, uh, you're, you're, that's a really, a very good point, Mark. So on, on that issue, I shall cheer you all up. You're looking really glum and worried. JK's looking pensive. Mark's looking serious. Ah. Dan's reflecting. Uh, oh, right. All right. Well, listen. I'm going to. I'm going to cheer you up. I've got some fucking superb stats here. Chelsea. Well, this is the worst one. This is not an encouraging one. Chelsea have scored only once from their last 34 shots. <laughs> but other than that, that. other than that, that, Chelsea have failed to progress from two of their last four League Cup semi-finals when failing to win the first leg. Whilst both of their successes required extra time to see them over over the line, so that's that's also not a good stat. Sorry, I lied to you. Uh, this is not a bad one. Uh, Middlesbrough, uh, they've done a, they've done all right away recently. They've won four and lost one, despite keeping just one clean sheet across those games. So they leak goals. Uh, and Chelsea have scored eight goals and conceded only one in three home domestic cup games against lower league opponents this season. But it gets better. You'll love this. <laughs> Last time we lost to Middlesbrough at home was in 1975. Chelsea won Middlesbrough 2 in League Division 1 the year we got relegated, Mark. You were probably there. I wasn't, but I was going to say, yes, um, the, year, the year we got relegated. Yeah. Yeah. So that means we have not lost at Middlesbrough to Middlesbrough at home years. for 48 years. And bef- 48 years. before that, there's only been four other home defeats against Middlesbrough. And they're all pre-Second World War, so very, very early days. Uh, and that's having played something like, let me have a look, 50, 70, 80, 81, 90, about 120 games. We've lost four, five games at home to Middlesbrough in about 125 games. That, I can't, I can't remember anything like that that has been quite as dominant. And we've got a good record in the, in the we've, you know, in all the cup matches... At home, I mean, I know the finals were all neutral, so we shouldn't include that. We beat them in the FA Cup in 2003. We beat them in the League Cup in 1970, 3-2. Uh, you know, Premier League, unbeaten at home. 
win, 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 win. Two draws only. A draw in what, 2000 and a draw in 2001. So our record against Middlesbrough at home is almost unimpeachable. So if you can't take a crumb of comfort from that, I don't know. I, I, I can't help you. I can't help you if you don't. It's as simple as that. So there you go. What do you think, Dan? How's it going to go? You're confident, aren't you, mate? Uh, yeah, I'm very confident. I said before, and I think we're going to win 4-0, four, 4-1. Four I think we'll just absolutely go in, go at them, smash and They won't have enough for us. They did absolutely nothing to even cause any issues in that, <clears throat> in the um, for opening leg. A couple, couple of attacks done against Coral, but other than that, they're, they're shit. They're, they're mid-table championship side with championship players. And if we, you know, press them a better team, if we do... 70% of Preston, we're going to get four. I will go through and be comfortable. And it won't be a nervy, um, nervy evening. I think comfortable 4-1. Yeah, good good for you, mate. Mark? I'm, I'm confident. It's it's Middlesbrough, we, as you've just pointed out, an historical really good record against them. We've got those cup finals to look back on. You know, we've won 2-0. Two, two we've got the Eden Zenith data cup back on. Look, there is no way we should lose this game tomorrow night. We are far better side than them, even with the season that we've had. But more importantly, I'm disappointed about hearing about the press conference, but the speech in the dressing room tomorrow before the game for Pochettino, this is a chance for these players so early in their career to play in a Wembley final. You know, they, you know, they, nothing should motivate them other than that. They should be really going out tomorrow and playing out their skin in what should be a tremendous atmosphere. Fans will be up for it tomorrow night. This is our best chance of a trophy this season. You cannot not be up for it tomorrow night. You can't just sit there and be bloody quiet. We really have to get behind the team tomorrow night. And I'll take a 2-0 victory, but we should win by more than 2-0. Mm. I mean, even I've taken, you know, time off work to go tomorrow. That's how important it is. So I'm up for it. Uh, JK, Bonnie lad, what say you? Oh, aren't we going to do they played for both? No, because we've already done that and I'm not stupid. Did it in the first leg. I yeah. know, I exactly. Know. You were hoping I wouldn't forget, weren't you? <laughs> so you could get it right What's this time. It's Dave Besson. Has Dave Besson played for them? No, mate, no. No, he hasn't. I thought I might do a bit better this week. I know. I just so knew you were going to do that. I so knew you were going to do that. Don't worry, we're going to do... We'll... Name some. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, okay, they're going to name some now then. Floyd Hatchelbank. Very good. Um, Darren uh, Wood. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Darren... Don't give him any clues, Dan. <laughs> Darren yeah. Wood. Tony McAndrew. Uh, I got Darren Wood right last Actually, week. Actually, talk, talking of this, you know, JK, I was watching because I was so bored on Saturday. I ended up watching the big match revisited. And oh, yeah. blow me, they had Middlesbrough versus Wolves from 1980. And Tony McAndrew did the, Andrew got him right, to, the two most stupid fouls I've ever seen. He basically completely hacked down John Richards, not once, and hurt himself, damaged his knee ligaments, and nearly hobbled <laughs> off. He did it again in the second half in an identical way and damaged his knee ligaments again and got sent off. <laughs> and I just wish I'd remembered that. So when we saw him at the, uh, you know, the 83-84 do recently, I said, Tony, mate. Please explain to me what was going through your mind when you made those two. Because he was lovely, if you remember. He was absolutely delightful on that evening. Oh, they were great. They were all great, if you remember. Yeah. That's why I was impressive. Absolutely hilarious. Anyway, enough of all of that. What are you going to go um, for? What are you going to go for? Uh, well, the the uh, the gloomy, um, um, boring individual in me, um, a, a pessimistic individual, will go for um, two one which will be penalties and then we'll win on penalties. Not penalties. Yeah, penalties. Yeah, pe- penalties. Penalties. And, 
And uh, but the the well, normally when I do that, we win rather easily. So I think we'll probably win four nil. Okay, but you're going two one extra time. Yeah, or is it straight to pens? It depends when it straight to pens. I think it might yeah. be straight to pens. Yeah, it's straight to straight to pens. No extra time. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I'm um, I'm I'm just going to go for a traditional two nil Chelsea win. You know, we've uh, you know, it's it's kind of tradition that we beat beat. But will that be with the last ten minutes of squeaky bum time with us? I would not up? be surprised. Yeah. I would yeah, not no, be surprised. Yeah. I would yeah. not be surprised. I don't think it will be as easy as you're all hoping because it's Chelsea circa 2024. But like you all, I hope we we absolutely hammer them. But I'm going to go two nil. So there we go. Uh, you lot out there, um, enjoy it tomorrow. If you're going uh, and you've got time, come and say hello to us. Some of us will be in the cock tavern before, um, but enjoy the game. Because it's great. It's exciting. We've got a chance to get to Wembley. These uh, chances, you know, this is why I've taken time off work. I can't go around and say, oh, we'll be there next year. We might not be. We might not be for a long time, for all we know. So carpe diem, I think, is the way we should uh, conclude on that. Now, um, Seize the carp. Seize the carp. Seize the carp. Now, uh, sadly, uh, we had some news earlier on in the show, and uh, kind of weirdly appropriate because uh, he was a, he was a guy from the northeast. Um, but the absolute legend that is Tommy Baldwin has sadly passed away, hasn't he, Mark, tonight? He, he has indeed. Like, literally, as we're just coming on air, I think Chris Mears posted it on sort of social media that Tommy sadly passed away. Now, I, I knew Tommy was ill because he used to do match day hospitality and he had to step back from it last season because of his health problems. But it's so sad. I think our condolences go out to sort of like Tommy's friends and family. He was such a charismatic character off the pitch and such a hard-working player on the pitch. And I think if I remember rightly, was, it, was he from Gateshead? He was. I think, I think he was yeah. from Gateshead. He was, he was from Gateshead. Um, so, yes, he was a, a, a Northeasterner, as, as, as you might say. But he was an important part of that late 60s, early 70s team. Yes, you had the more sort of glamorous players like the Osgoods and the Hudsons and the Charlie Cooks. But they would all they would all say, yeah, they couldn't have achieved what they did achieve without the hard working rate of like someone like Tommy Baldwin. He really put in a shift for the team every time he played. Very very sad. Yeah, he was the leader of the team. Well, I mean, he, he signed him from Arsenal. Uh, he was called the Sponge because uh, because he was because he stoked up the opposition. Yeah, and a lot of alcohol. Oh, I didn't know that. You did. Uh, well, I knew that. I'd always presumed that that was the case. I think I think the story goes around was with, with Tommy Doherty uh, basically revealed why he was called the sponge, and the line Tommy gave was that he soaked up all the pressure from the opposition with a very wry grin on his face. But he was he was one of the ringleaders of the you know the the Kings Road drinking culture that they had then. I had the absolute delight to interview Tommy Baldwin as part of the Chelsea special project I did with the absolutely equally marvelous Martin. King, who, who sadly passed away a couple of years as well. And uh, Tommy was clearly not well at the time. Um, I don't think it was just dementia that did for him, but uh, it's not really for me to say. But anyway, he was just beautiful. He was lovely. And he, we had such a great chat with him. Um, really lovely, entertaining guy. And, a, and, a, and, and, and sadly, like many of that era, he left the team, uh, you know, really didn't want to leave, but they ended up getting rid of him like they did many other players around then. But an absolutely lovely guy. And of course... The uh, one of my favourite songs, even though it was slightly before my time, but I've always loved this song so much. But you know, his name is Tommy Baldwin. He's the leader of the team. What team? The finest football team that the world has ever seen, uh, and, and on and on it goes. But I, I've sung that on a table 
you know, with the lovely bit of, uh, you know, we're the Fulham Road supporters and we're louder than the cop. If anyone who wants to argue, we'll kill the fucking lot. La, 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 la. But I've, I've sung that on a table in the Imperial once. I think I was very, very, very... I was actually battered, JK, I think, that night. I was very, very battered. How battered, battered were you? How battered, how battered were you? A- absolutely battered. <laughs> but I was with Dr. Mart, because we... I don't know why. We were all in the garden, and everybody was demanding we were singing songs, and we went to stand on the table and sing one. But I, I did the Tommy Baldwin song, because I've absolutely always loved that song, even though I, I was too young to go and see that team. So it's funny how these things percolate around your head, isn't it? You must have seen him play a lot, JK. You saw his whole yeah. career at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was bitterly disappointed when he first came because they sold George Graham in order to get him, and George Graham was one of my favourite players. But then you appreciated what a um, what a terrific striker he was, and um, uh, and but also uh, linked the player, very good ball player, very skillful, um, uh, essential part of the side, you know, and scored some very good goals um, despite being um, slightly diminutive. How tall was he? Do we remember? Five nine or something, wasn't yeah, five, he? Yeah, five nine, five ten. He wasn't, wasn't. Yeah, too, yeah. Yes, he wasn't. But he was um, uh, uh, held the ball up well. Just a very, very integral part of that side. Mm. You know, it was, it was um, uh, not as flamboyant as some of the others, but you know, did his tough, bit, tough so. bugger, tough. Bugger. Yeah, 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 well, you know, right in the northeast, he had yeah. that. He, but you know, lovely, not, lovely, jovial not a, character. Not a bad yeah, bone in his body. Not a, well, not averse to the odd raking of the opposition. Well, that, shit. that was allowed then. That was yeah, that was permissible for everybody. That, in fact, I don't think he did enough. I don't think he maintained the uh, the reputation of the rest of the team. But yeah, yeah, he was uh, he was. Um, uh, uh, you expected him to be in the in this in the starting lineup. To be honest, it was, he was he was that good. Yeah, he does. Now, Dan, you like me, you 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 were too young to really see him play. Um, but like I said, you know, I, I always grew up loving the Tommy Baldwin song, even though I'd never really, you know, watched him play. I mean, you've got kind of similar recollections. Yeah, your, dad, your dad, dad was a big fan, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. My dad loved Tommy Baldwin. He always said he was a bit of a, you know, so bit, yes, I think Baldwin, Greaves, Charlie Cook, all that era is when he really got into going to football. And he loved Baldwin. And I, you know, it's one of those players you wish you'd seen. Yeah. They wish you could like get a time machine, go back and watch him play. But they're real, real kind of iconic legend of the club he'd be sadly missed yeah he will and I mean as Mark was saying he did a long stint doing the hospitality which is uh, yeah. which is really nice. and I kind of I kind of like that about the hospitality in other words you know you didn't necessarily or you've never really necessarily had the biggest stars that have played for Chelsea there but you've had the kind of guys that the, 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 the supporters love you know, and I, I think Tommy would fit into that category. Really well loved by Chelsea supporters. Not the greatest player we've had by any stretch of the imagination, but one of the most well loved, I would argue. Hence, he had such a great song like that. I think, Mark. I think I think there was no no better moment um, for me, and I think I I can't remember if I did it one of the fifty year shows because Tommy was a regular at sort of like the annual lunches, and I think one of my most memorable moments with Tommy, I think we're at the Landmark Hotel in Maribyrn. And we're downstairs in the basement. And you've got everybody in the bar singing his song to him. And he's joining in. Yeah, he, he, he loved the song. He actually yeah. loved the song. There's no better moment than seeing Tommy Baldwin sing his own song. And I think I said it on the 50-year sh- show. Um, at the time, um, his partner was Janet Rainbow. And we started yeah. at CPO night. You know, so, and, and Janet worked in the CPO office. And there was a guy from the Chelsea Independent called Mark Pulver. And Mark and I were sort of drinking with Tommy that night in the Landmark Hotel. And I turned up the home game the next day. And Janet comes storming across the Fulham Road from the CPO, 
CPO offices and says, I want to have a word with you. You're barred from drinking with Tommy. <laughs> yeah, apparently, he, he, he came home in a bit of a state that particular evening. And we just wouldn't have it. We just sort of said, no way, he's the sponge. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way Tommy would go home drunk. You know, he, he, he absorbed his alcohol like a sponge. And she said, no, no, he came home pissed last night. You, you're barred. You're not drinking with him ever again. <laughs> Clearly we did. Um, the last time I saw Tommy, oh, I think it was for like you know, for a social occasion. Um, was he was with Gary Chivers? Um, we had a beer um, pre-game, and again, you could just see that he, you know, he had his health issues then, and I think there was other issues as well. But at seventy-eight, you know, he's, he's still sort of like had out of hopes many years ahead of him. It's, I think it's really sad, and I think the wider thing as well is. We're losing our legends. Yeah, well, I was thinking of that, that's that uh, late 60s, happening. early 70s era. They're all dropping. There's, there's like only half, flies, aren't half there? of them. And sadly, you look at you, know, you look at the 1966 England World Cup team. Yeah. And at that pace, they all suddenly went. And we're seeing that with the 1970 side. There's only five <laughs> or six of them left. We have to treasure you know, the ones that we've got. Who, who have we got um, left then? Yeah. Chopper, obviously. Um, we, we've got Ron, Ron Harris. Uh, we've got Easy. Eddie McCready, of course. Alan Hudson. Um, we've. We've got Alan Hudson. We've got Charlie Boyle. Although Alan didn't play in the final. Johnny Boyle. Uh, we've got. I'm, I'm thinking about the actual side that played right, at Wembley. Right. Yeah. Um, so you know we've got Charlie. Dave Cook. Webb. Yeah, we've got Dave Webb and we've got John Dempsey and we've got Marvin Hinton and both Ron and Marvin have had their health issues in more mm. recent times. So we got to look after our legends. You know they're they're you know they're a, a fundamental part of our history. And sadly, in the last twelve months, you know we've seen a number of them from this era. And other eras pass away. And, and the other thing, if you haven't seen it, sadly, um, it wasn't just um, a bereavement at Chelsea Football Club today. The great Luigi Riva passed away oh, as well really? today. Wow. From the 1970 Italian World <laughs> Cup team. So from my point of view, he was one of my first memories, other than Chelsea Football Club, yeah. uh, growing up. And then the 1970 Italian World Cup team. I know everybody raves about Brazil, but again, the blue shirt. I wanted Italy to win. And partly, you know, it was because of Luigi Riva and Viali, who again the other day was the one year anniversary. He based his game on Luigi Riva, hell of a player for the Italian mm. national team. Yeah, no, and I think he played for Zola's team as well, Cagliari. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, great yeah, footballer, absolutely. Legend. Well, there you go. I mean, obviously, thoughts go out to Tommy's friends and family for, for uh, foremost, but for but for all of us who've uh, grown up with Tommy Baldwin or were lucky enough to see him play. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a tough time when you lose a legend, and uh, Tommy was definitely that for for many reasons. Now, as a, as a treat, what I will do is I will dig out the interview I did with him a few years back and and re-release it as a as a kind of a tribute to him. So uh, bear with me because I am at the game tomorrow, but I I'll, I'll try and dig it out and and stick it out. Uh, you know, as a lovely little tribute to the man because I thoroughly enjoyed meeting him. He was an absolutely top top bloke. So there you go. Uh, sad notes to end the show on Dan and JK and Mark, but uh, tomorrow is another day, and uh, looking forward to seeing you all. Um, you know, at the uh, at the Chelsea v Borough match. You, you in the cock tomorrow, Dan? I shall be up. I shall, I shall see you at our I usual think... table then. It has been reserved, I hope. Yeah, I mean, I should be up there uh, for about six, I reckon. Yeah, I'll be probably at half past five. I think. I think yeah. Phil Specs would be about on site as well. Oh, great! Nice to see Phil. Yeah. Excellent. I'll catch you tomorrow in the pub. No doubt see you at the stall or there or thereabouts. Were you with Mr. Beard tomorrow, Mark? 
more than one place. You know, it's, it's, I've got a funeral to go to tomorrow as well. Bloody so hell, it's mate. just like I, I know, and I've got another one. You know, in a couple of weeks' time, so it's not been a great start to sort of like twenty twenty four. Um, uh, I've got a ticket for someone, so I've got to meet them. I've got to meet Mister Beard, so I'll be I'll be here, there, and everywhere. So I'll, I'll, I will look out for you. And I think the other thing about tomorrow night, obviously, with the sad news today, you can guarantee what the first song will be tomorrow night, sung by the well, crowd. Well, I would hope that that's what would happen, but I don't know if that's a guarantee so. these days. I'd like to think it would be. Well, yeah. some of us need to start it up because there's ba- there's enough old gits there to remember the bloody words. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I think if you're listening and you're going tomorrow and you know the words, and if you don't know the words, write them down. Uh then we need to uh we need to sing the Tommy Baldwin <laughs> song tomorrow. In the eighth minute would be lovely. Because he did actually wear the number eight. Did he not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he wore a lot a lot of shirts, but I think eight was the most, most common one he wore. And, no. yeah, and and I'm sure because this is one thing they always do well. I've seen the tribute they've actually put I'm just reading it. The club tribute tonight is fantastic. Is it? It's good. a really good pick. Uh, and I'm sure tomorrow night they'll do something before the game as well. Chelsea do those things particularly well. Yeah, they do, actually. I, I know we kick yeah. them a lot, but there are a lot of things they are doing right. And I think that the, this, I wonder if um, yeah. Adam is contributing to that. Yes, probably, actually. they've up that, It's interesting, isn't it? They've upped their game a bit in that respect since a certain Adam's joined them. Adam Newson, formerly of this parish, of course. So, Adam, if you're listening, we think it's you. And if it is, well done, mate. So there you go. Uh, JK, uh, you're dining with Rose Swan tomorrow. Do you have a guest tomorrow? I do. I have uh, Sidney Taffler's son, who was a friend of my father's and acted in a lot of black and white films and was the in the original film of The Birthday Party by Harold Pinter. Wow. He is, he is my guest tomorrow night. Oh, he's yeah. a rabid Chelsea fan, and he's already told me to get behind the team and try and get people singing in the uh, in Aussies. In I the wish East him State. good luck with that. Oh, it ain't know happening. First, you know the first song that you have to sing. Yeah. Indeed, indeed, yeah. indeed. We'll sing it even if no one else does. No, exactly that. Get ejected, it'll be all your fault. Yeah, well, yeah, clearly. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, and before I go, I'm still in the market for a Wolves ticket for my mate Matt uh, because he wants to come to the Troubadour gig. Remember, the Troubadour gig, 4th of uh, February, Sunday, after the Wolves match. Do not miss it. It's great. But so if anybody hears of one, let me know. Uh, other than... I'm, I'm in the market for three Newcastle tickets. I've just had a message while the show is on. So oh, if anyone's got three Newcastle tickets, let me know. Yep. Yeah, you know, it's, it's good to see demand is still high, though, although we're shit. Don't believe, a word. Don't believe the hype. It's not true. Anyway, we will be back on Thursday night. Why? Because we're playing Villa on Freedy Neat. Would you believe it? Ooh. So, this makes so much sense, Chidge. I wow. Know. Well, we'll be back. Me and you, obviously. Uh, Tony Glover, of course. The Reverend's with us. Eight o'clock kickoff, which will suit you better. I saw the Reverend yesterday. He, he was at the women's game. Yes, I know. I saw you were all there yesterday. Yeah. I was having yeah. lunch. I was having lunch at Circe's Champagne Bar. I had a lovely time. Thank you. Uh, anyway, so, uh, yes. Uh, me, uh, JK, the Reverend, 8 p.m. Thursday. Uh, obviously, we'll be looking back at the match against Bura. And ahead to Friday's FA Cup match against Villa. And, of course, the lovely Justin will be joining us from Oop the Villa. Of course he will. Good yeah, for him. We love Justin. He's, he's probably one of our, he's probably our favourite, isn't he, really? He's, he's lovely. Great value. Yeah. Travelling Blade is good. Travelling Blade. Yeah, we've got some good people. Do you know what? The funny thing is, you know, since we kind of joined forces with the, the Talk Sport uh, podcast network, whatever it's called, they give me a list of all the... Uh, you know, uh, people, because so, they're quite into the idea of us, you know, doing each other's shows and things. And uh, 
it's hilarious because I, I I use most of our contacts that we found already, you know, which is brilliant because they're, you know, because they're great. I mean, like, uh, um, you know, oh bugger, Ben from uh, Traveling Blade, as you said, and Justin from Villain. There's a few more as well that we use regularly, aren't there? So. Anyway, Justin will be with us on Thursday. Quick shout out for an off the post. Uh, JK and I did a couple of shows over the weekend. So uh, for the next one, email us your letters, emails, whatever they are, to chelseafancast at gmail.com and then we'll do another show. And you can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd and Dan at DanSilv73 and Mark at, according to my typing, apostrophe, Eddie Mac B A W A. I think that's supposed to be an at, isn't it, Mark? But there you go. It is indeed. It is oh, indeed. You know, type in well, haste. One, one, one final thing. Um, as we were talking about, as, as we came on air tonight, um, we were talking about the football factory because I thought it was great from last week's show. There is a sequel being made at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. He, he didn't get the call yes. for that one either. Oh, I hey, haven't. I've been ignored for that as well. <laughs> Have a word with your agent. He's not doing his job. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, brilliant. There yeah. we go. Uh, Mixler people, as always, you've been tremendous as usual. Lovely seeing you all in there. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep... Sorry, I shall start that again. Thanks for listening. See you on Thursday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Beat that bar at the It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.